Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One. Each week we study an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see how it holds up all on its own. I'm one of your hosts, Corey. And I'm your other host, Liam. And last week you might have heard us having a couple issues with, um, I'll just say it, a little bit of demonic possession. Uh, it's Spooktober. We're doing a little bit of They Slayed Another One. We're doing a bunch of horror stuff. We're really getting in the spirit. And unfortunately, I got a little bit too in the spirit and on several occasions got taken over by the uh, by the Spooktober man. Spooktober man. It, yeah, and it sort of took over a lot of the episode. Um, it was one of those very unexpected, shocking things that, you know, maybe listeners weren't totally prepared for. And frankly, neither were we. We're sort of dealing with forces here that we're maybe not totally up to speed on. You know, at mm. this point, it hasn't happened yet this episode so maybe uh maybe we'll be okay but we we thought you know maybe if we mix up what we're doing if we've got a couple other people around us we might have an easier time uh keeping that stuff away so this week we uh we're very excited to have laura back on the show how's it going laura i'm good i'm good i'm happy to be here yeah and hopefully maybe because we've mixed it up a bit you know laura's in the mix maybe it'll throw the spooktober man off a little bit and i hope so there could be less of that yeah because it's you know we talked about it. It's a lot for me, you know, personally, <laughs> to be keeping back, you know, this demon man. I've got a lot going on just in my day to day that I don't need this. So hopefully that makes a difference. And um, hopefully we can just sort of coast through here, talk about prom night too. And uh, there are minimal bumps in the road. But before we get to that, Laura, it's been a while. And last time you were on, it was not the Halloween times. So I was wondering what is it that you've been doing um, to get in that like Octobery autumn Halloween spirit? Like, I don't know if you've been watching stuff or doing anything to sort of get in the mood or not. Hmm. I wish, I wish I was doing more. Um, I've been going on lots of walks, like fall walks, which has been really nice. Mm -hmm. um, wore Halloween socks today. That nice. helps. <laughs> I love that um, I helped. <laughs> yeah, that helped me um, feel the Octoberness. Um, I don't know. I, I wish I'd been watching more. I watched, I made a whole list. Every year I make a list of spooky movies that I want to watch. And then I watch about like five of them. Yeah. Out of like 30. Dude, guilty. I get it. <laughs> um, so, so far I've actually only watched one on my list, which it's not by any means considered a Halloween movie, but it's kind of creepy. I watched They Live for the first time. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was great. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, so that's, that's that totally, one I think that totally counts. There's like yeah. evil skeletons and, you know, the biggest evil of all, capitalism in that movie. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's spookier than any ghost I could come up with. Yeah, but I think later in the month... Um, I'm hopefully going to have time for some more more spooky movie watching. Um, I think it normally, it takes me a little while to actually get into the the spooky mood because I always have a, a bunch of family, like, birthday stuff at the beginning <laughs> of October. So beginning of October is family time for me, and then right. mid to end of October is full spooky mode, so I'm not quite there yet. But I, I we're getting there slowly. I guess it's good that that does imply that you don't have a spooky family. 
like everything's cool like I'm, you're not I'm like a very wholesome family yeah <laughs> so it's not like the adams family just like oh we're going to like uncle hand's birthday i don't remember the name of that guy who's the hand guy i think i don't think he's an uncle i think he's just called hand maybe the, the hand man I'm, I'm i'm outing myself as like a not an adams family expert here but its name is hand adams See, there you go. I was. Oh, close yeah, yeah. Of course, it's Hand Adams. He's part of the family. He's gotta be. Like, that goes without saying. Hand isn't his last name. Hand, Hand. Um. Well. Uh. And so, Liam, I know we already talked a bit. Have what else have you been doing since uh, we last talked to get into the mood? Because I know this is like spooky season, as Laura called it. This is like truly your time. I feel like. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I've been working my way through uh, that box of chocolate that I bought in late September. And I've actually been keeping track of how many of each me and my girlfriend are eating because I want to know if there are actually 90 chocolate bars in this thing. And I also want to <laughs> know what the split is because are you planning thinks, a class action lawsuit? Like <laughs> I, it worked for Subway, man, because my girlfriend thinks that there's going to be more caramel than anything else and less wonder bar because caramel is her least favorite and wonder bar is her favorite whereas <laughs> i think there's going to be the fewest caramel because that's clearly the best one and then there's just going to be like so many mr biggs so i'm keeping track right now things have evened out pretty well um crispy crunch topped out at like 22 Caramel also did 22. Of course, 90 isn't divisible by four, so something is going to be fucked up. And <laughs> right now, we just we just have a whole bunch of Mr. Biggs left because that's clearly our collective least favorite. Yeah, that's right. So, Mr. Big dude, even though it's like five behind the next fewest one, it very well might pull ahead. So, I'm keeping an eye on that. I'm keeping a track. And other than that, I've just been uh. I've just been watching movies, man. I watched um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. That's what I kicked like October off. The new one okay. based on the books. Yeah, and right. that was that was great, dude. I watched it home alone at like midnight, and I was properly spooked. That is a scary PG-13 horror movie. So that was wicked. Um, I've flipped through some of those books because I have them on my bookshelf. I also watched a Pet Cemetery documentary while I was like doing some dishes because... Do they uh, talk about nice. Pet Cemetery 2 at all? No, this Missed is strictly strictly Pet Cemetery 1 for this one. Uh, and then I watched American Werewolf in London. My girlfriend really wanted to see this movie because she had watched the transformation scene on YouTube and she thought it looked sick. And so I showed her the movie. Um, American Werewolf in London was the first horror movie I ever saw, either that or Carrie, when I was a really young kid. So it was cool to go back to that one. That's a great movie. That's like a 10 out of 10. And then I showed my girlfriend Hereditary that same yeah. night, which was Dude, also that's a awesome. wild night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to indulge that's myself slightly. For sure. What did she think about Hereditary? She liked it. She uh, she found it more creepy than scary, she said. The, the big stuff didn't really hit home, uh, even though for me, there's some stuff in that movie that is just like terrifying. Like the dude, the thawing off the head. Oh my gosh, yeah. fuck that. Yeah. yeah. You seen it, Laura? You seen this one? Oh yeah, that's Hereditary is I like I think Hereditary is one of the best movies I've ever seen. But it's also yes. one of the only movies where after I watched it, I was like, I I never want to watch that again <laughs> yes. because I was yeah. so scared. 
like to the point where I couldn't sleep. Um, and that hasn't happened to me in like a, a long time, like since I was a lot younger. That says like so, such a cool reaction yeah. to get though, like especially as an adult, basically. Yeah. I was actually driving some friends of ours home after uh, the movie. Mi- friend of the show, Mitch, was with us. There was a couple, there was one other guy with us. Um, and I actually got like, I was so tense while driving. <laughs> Like, cause I was just scared that I was like, and I had to drive home like, uh, like an hour and a half from Ottawa that night. So I drove home alone in the dark mm. after watching that movie. And I was just like deeply unsettled by the whole thing. You yeah. didn't, you didn't, you kept your head in the window. Yeah. You didn't stick it <laughs> Oh yeah. I actually, uh, <laughs> I taped over all the window lowering buttons. Yes. Cause I didn't yeah, want to never know. Those. Never know. Yeah. And, um, I actually earlier today, um, I took a nap in the middle of the day because I work overnight, which honestly feels suitable for the season for me to be like stuck at work in the middle of the night, just looking out the window through the studio and seeing just like, I don't know, maybe some leaves fly by. But I started watching The Love Witch. I love The yeah, Love Witch. Yeah, that movie. Uh, so I'm like an hour into it. And um, I don't want to say too much because I am planning to talk about it with friend of the show, Jade, when we're both done it. But um it's not not hitting my expectations. My expectations were just wrong. Does that make sense? Mm. Like what I thought the movie was going to be like, I was just incorrect. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of adjusting to that a little bit, but uh, I'm enjoying it aesthetically. Of course, it's like fucking yeah. wild and every outfit is perfect and amazing. And... I actually, sorry, no, it's sorry, okay. I cut you off. No, all I was um, going to say is it just, it just looks cool. Yeah, it does look really cool. I, I think the reason why I love that movie so much as well is because um, I actually traveled from Ottawa to Toronto just to see that movie um, because they were playing it in some theater um, like in 35mm. And I traveled all the way to Toronto and it was the only theater that was premiering the movie in Canada. So I traveled traveled there with a friend. Yeah, that's like the my one cool movie travel story. Um, and I traveled all the way there with uh, a friend just to go see it. And they showed the movie and then they Skyped the director after. Ooh. And so it was a really, really cool experience. That's awesome. It was so much fun. That is so cool. Obviously, Laura, you'll know this. I'm a big proponent of driving long distances for really specific things. Um, <laughs> as, as I've done several times so we could go do stuff. <laughs> So, like, I fully condone the, like, I'm going to drive for, I don't know how long it is to get to Toronto from Ottawa. I always do it from further away, but, like... It's, like, five hours? Yeah. Like, I'm a huge proponent of doing that for anything. Like, I'll drive or train, like, long distances to go to see bands or go to do movies. Like, so I Mm -hmm. love that story. That story is great. I think, I also think, just a little note on that, driving long distances to do things, Mm -hmm. um, I think, like in some weird way in my head at least it makes me enjoy the thing more because i kind of decide <laughs> while i'm in the car yeah or in the bus or whatever this that has I'm to like, be good I, I better enjoy this <laughs> yeah i put so much <laughs> and into I, this i usually do <laughs> yeah i yeah i can't because think of of, i can't think of anything that i like really committed myself to in that way that i didn't really like and then you know periodically just like weird unexpected stuff happens like that time we briefly saw lucas hedges oh yeah yeah that was fun that was a weird happenstance kind of thing but like when stuff like that happens when you 
commit to doing like the long distance thing it also like makes it feel a little bit more worth it because it's like hey i wasn't expecting that like Mm -hmm. and now we get this part um of the journey and also i guess speaking on the same topic and then also spooky i just remembered when we went into that like alternate dimension curio shop dude perfect example there was this the owner of it it was in downtown toronto and the owner of it just started pulling out all these like contraptions that he got us to try like what was he got us to both hold on to this like victorian like electric we got electrocuted by like a mystery man inside of a curio shop in downtown toronto is the short version i still don't know what that was like it was like a it was for muscles it was like a muscle relaxant device but it it was like a metal cylinder it just sent a shock through you yeah it's like a metal (laughs) cylinder with like a rounded top and he was like if you each hold part of it and then hold hands it'll go like all the way through you it did it 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 was weird (laughs) it felt really weird and then he he had like an old dent like a dentist chair yeah it looked like an electric chair tortury yeah like it had like leather straps and stuff yeah and there was like um and i I want to be clear the guy was cool yes he wasn't like he wasn't like creepy but he had all this weird shit Yeah, and, and he um, was very passionate about it. Yeah, and it was super cool, and he had, like, all these weird old, like, vintage clothes and, like, um, art and, like, all this weird stuff that he was, like, talking through. But, yeah, he brought out some properly, like, saw-looking devices at various yeah. points. Yeah, um, that was interesting. Yeah. I think that was the same day It as the Lucas Hedges thing. Maybe? Maybe, or let's say it was because that makes it an even wilder <laughs> day. You know what I mean? Like, let's just say yeah. all of these things happened on the same day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I want to go back to that guy. That guy was weird. Too. Um, I would I would drive a long distance with you guys to see this guy. Yeah, let's do it. He was nice. He was nice. I remember we said we would come back and visit him, but we didn't. So now mm. I, I really well, especially feel like not, not really we didn't. To. We haven't. We will. Exactly. You're right. You're right. Yeah, we have a chance. Um, I think we did get we straight up got a business card. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where I put mine. But... I don't. I don't either. I'm sure we could find it. Like I, I know like oh, I know vaguely where, where we were. Yeah, I definitely know where it is because it was near my work, and I would actually walk past there. It's above the subway, um, and also, yeah, uh, it's really important to note he might not have been open at the time. Like we just sort of tried to walk in. Like we walked up the stairs, and the door was like closed, dude. And we sort of poked in, and it's like, well, there's a guy in here. Dude, this is a spooky story. This sounds like there's like a 40% chance that when you guys go back, you're going to get exist. to the building and it's just a brick wall. Yeah, Nothing's there. Straight up, oh yeah, this, is like, this is a Goosebumps episode waiting to happen. Oh my gosh. I am spooked. <laughs> Help, Corey. Oh my gosh. Well, and then right after this, I went to a comedy show. So then the, the comedian was like, what were you doing today, man? And I was like, oh, I got electrocuted in a vintage shop earlier. Mm. They were like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? So I, I don't think, have any bits prepared for that. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where it's such a specific story that maybe it wasn't real. Like, we just hallucinated it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great maybe, time. Maybe we shouldn't try and go back. Yeah, like, what if we go back? Our and, second experience won't be as good. Yeah, or are we upset because some kind of vengeful spirit? That feels like something that we might do. Like, um, we got, like, a freebie. And then, but if we try to go back, like, someone's going to be... Not someone... Like some sort of evil thing will happen. I don't know. 
we should just write a movie about like a version of this where this is what happens. Like the store doesn't exist. And oh man, and and we ju- we can just make it a sequel to a prominent movie, and but it'll be unrelated. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be Hereditary Two. Yeah. Hello, hello, yeah. mystery store owner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. Also, the last thing that I'm doing is uh to get into the spirit here. This wasn't actively to get into the spirit of Halloween, but I've realized that it helps. Is uh, I my nails are black. <laughs> So Ooh. yeah, and that's I want to do that. That's new for me, kind of like that's this is like I don't know the second time I've done that. This and... is painted. You didn't like you didn't slam them in a door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I painted my nails black uh, yesterday, and so I'm just sort of vibing with that. Yeah, and then aside from the Love Witch, I I haven't gotten to much like horror stuff yet. Aside from the stuff that we do for the show, um, as is tradition, I have a hard time keeping up with all the other stuff. But I think um, this is a great movie to include in our big spooktober extravaganza. And like I mentioned earlier, that movie is uh, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, which is a contender for best title we've ever had and will ever have. It is great. Dude, the the title and the tagline combo wombo here is just like unheard of. The tagline is Mary Lou will kill to be no let me let me let me get it up let, let me fuck it up here <laughs> all right hang on hang on everybody well, all right i got okay, it you got it i got it i got it okay <laughs> wait i gotta squint real hard and so i gotta move past my mic squint to read it and then i'll come back to the mic and How I'll complicated? Memorize you're it making this time. sound so complicated hang on a second all right i got it ready it's mary lou wants to be prom bro come on Okay, yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it. Ready, ready, ready? We've been All ready. Right. All right, picture me with a flashlight under my chin right now, because that's what I'm, okay. Mary Lou wants to be prom queen, even if it kills her. Hey. Again. Oh, shit. Isn't that awesome? That's tight as hell. Again. And I will say, I love this because the, the title of this movie is actually kind of disputed in that, um, like, the title card obviously says it correctly. Hello, Mary Lou prom night two but the imdp page just says prom night two and then it says the original title is hello mary lou prom night two maybe it wasn't on the wikipedia page i saw it listed somewhere else as prom night two hello mary lou so there may well be there may well be three different versions of the title of this movie yeah I, i can't really figure it out i figured the best way to know for sure would be to look at the dvd because that's physical media that's not going to change so i'm looking here at amazon at the dvd it is titled on the website Prom Night 2 Hello Mary Lou. Well, but here's the but thing. Then the on title the poster, card of the movie is Hello Mary Lou Prom Night 2. Yeah, and on the poster here, Hello Mary Lou is above the words Prom yeah, Night 2. It's the it's the Rage Carry 2. It's Hello Mary Lou Prom Night 2. It's Book of Shadows <laughs> Blair Witch 2. Yeah, there's We've a rhythm that before. has to be maintained. Yeah. That's right. And the rhyme just doesn't sound as satisfying to me if it's prom night two, hello Mary, like that doesn't work. No, I I like I like subtitle first because it sounds like you're greeting a girl named Mary Lou and then giving her a copy of your favorite movie <laughs> prom night two. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I was clever enough to think of a movie that rhymed with any of our last names or first names so I could do the bit with our own names, but I just don't have the brain for that. Like, hello, Liam. Here's 
a movie that rhymes with Liam. Like, I just don't have it. It's just not there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be working away at this this entire episode. <laughs> That's fine. Um, while you're figuring that out, um, I will say that uh, this movie actually has a fourth title. It was originally called The Haunting of Hamilton High, which Liam alluded to. And then um, through production, half of the movie got reshot to tie it into the Prom Night franchise, which Love is that. wild and weirdly so not it- noticeable. <laughs> So was it originally not tied to it at all? Yeah, originally it was a standalone haunted high school movie. That's crazy. Yeah, because it's crazy to me because it's not super clear that there were reshoots. And I feel like usually it's pretty easy to tell. And I never would have assumed that. So they did a good job hiding Mm -hmm. that. I'm going to try to not make this next segment last 100 years. But there's a lot of wild connections uh, in the cast and crew of this movie that I want to talk about quick. So I'm going to run through that and then I'll stop on all the interesting stuff. Um, so it was directed by Bruce Pittman who interestingly did, uh, he's a uh, Canadian and he did, um, a movie that won a bunch of awards for the CBC called where the spirit lives, which is about residential schools. And also this movie. Fair enough. Which is just a weird combo of topics. Um, it's written by Ron Oliver, who has done just a brain-busting number of TV movies, uh, that you can find on his IMDb. Uh, he also directed a bunch of episodes of Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark, the TV shows. And he was a host on YTV. Do either of you remember this guy? No. I know. Dude, are we sure that this isn't one of those cases where, like, people with similar names, all their pages are just being amalgamated into one? Because this guy has the most storied life I've ever heard of. No, I know. He also directed A Dennis the Menace Christmas and The Harriet the Spy reboot. And, dude, he also (laughs) has a YouTube account. I mean, a lot I of was have on YouTube accounts, <laughs> but dude, I was on a review of Hello Mary Lou Prom Night Two last night, and the top comment was him saying, "Hey, thanks for the review of my movie," and then he gave some corrections to the Shit, dude. Who, could we have gotten the... him on the episode? It's very possible. Fuck. I mean, we're fellow Canadians, right? He he might have been down. He has to. We'll just have to do something else. He he did. He did a Dennis the Menace Christmas, which might count for us yeah. if we wanted to yeah, try but... to do that. Um, well, just so many TV movies. Wait, hang on. Bigger, fatter, liar. We could do that. Damn. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Didn't know that existed. Me neither. Oh, and Barry Bostwick from fucking Parent Trap Three is in it. Wow. Holy shit, dude. We can't keep finding new connections because there's so many to get through. I I can't get bogged down. So the editor and the cinematographer don't have any interesting stuff that I noted. Uh, Nick Rotundo edited the movie. John Herzog shot it. The composer for the movie is named Paul Zaza. And he has done a bajillion movies, including all four Prom Night movies, My Bloody Valentine, Porky's, Murder by Decree, a bunch of other Bob Clark movies that aren't those, and a movie called Flesh Gordon Meets the Cosmic Cheerleaders, which is a literal sex comedy. Like his name is is Flesh Gordon. Gordon. Oh man, I don't like that. That's deeply unpleasant to my ears. That's not great, (laughs) but it felt worth pointing out because what the fuck kind of title is that? But also, he just worked on like so many 
things that like sound notable that I was like, we had to get in there. And obviously we've talked about Bob Clark a lot. Thanks to black Christmas. And he's done a bunch of stuff with him. It's, it was just a lot of, I'm trying to pull the tab up again to make sure I'm not missing anything. But, um, he did everything from super babies, baby geniuses two, to <laughs> this movie to fucking something called the American clock. <laughs> divorce court <laughs> and um i don't okay wait i'm I'm trying i'm getting ahead of myself because there's another connection where like four of the actors and a couple of the crew all worked on the same tv show called night heat which i've just never heard of in my life is I've, it a canadian show i believe which is probably why we've never heard of it yeah and um <laughs> Really quick, the effects coordinator uh, worked on A Nightmare on Elm Street. His name is Jim Doyle. But really quick, in the actors, I'm going to read out the cast, and then there's a few weird connections in here. Some of them to stuff we've done on the show. Some of them just to Canadian stuff. And then we can get over to the movie. So Michael Ironside is like one of the leads, which I just thought was interesting because I wasn't expecting to see him in this movie. He's a guy who just kind of shows up in a lot of stuff. And um, I feel like listeners of this show might have seen Turbo Kid. He's in that. He's in like Top Gun and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next Karate Kid. Oh shit! Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, so that's a connection to the show. And then we've got uh, Wendy Lyon, who played Vicky. Um, she was in an Anne of Green Gables TV show. She was in The Shape of Water. She was in the Friday the Thirteenth TV series, and she was uh, Queen Serenity in the 1995 English dub of Sailor Moon, which I mention. Because Terry Hawks plays Kelly, who was Adrian on Beverly Hills 90210 in Cube Zero, Liam, and was Sailor Moon in that same dub of Sailor Moon. Man. I know. It's a small world. Right? And then we've got uh, Justin Lewis, who plays Craig, who was in Saw 4, 5, and 3D. And he was also Shit. on a CTV show called Motive, <laughs> which is just a weird Canadian connection. Speaking of weird Canadian connections, Richard Manette plays Father uh, Father Cooper. Um, he was the artistic director of the Stratford Festival for 14 years. What, Maybe we could have got him on like, the show, Like, what too. a weird pull, though. Like, what is the man who plays the priest in Prom Night 2 running this, like, internationally illustrious theater festival doing? you know oh my god i actually you know what i have another connection yes the, i used to work in the office next to the stratford festival oh in downtown god. toronto oh. Oh, maybe man. you've seen this guy just like in maybe. real life before <laughs> dude what the fuck and um, this show is just it's just Corey and i learning that like people have lives honestly the connections though <laughs> Like, what are the chances that two of these actors were on the same Sailor Moon show and another person was in Cube Zero? At this point, we've seen, like, the entire cast and crew of Cube Zero in other movies. I think at this point, uh, we've (laughs) just seen basically every movie ever. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and then there's a few other actors who don't have super notable connections. We've got uh, Lisa Schrag as Mary Lou, and then Loretta Bailey is listed as Mary Lou Creature, (laughs) which is a very (laughs) funny credit. Hmm. Um. Wendell Smith and Judy maybe play her parents, uh, Vicky's parents. Uh, Beverly Hendry is Monica. Beth Gondek is Jess. And then Brock Simpson plays Josh, 
who is notably also in Prom Night 1 and Prom Night 4, but not Prom Night 3. Oh, I wonder if that's a different character every time. It is, yeah. Interesting. That's some proper anthology shit. That's really cool. So I just wanted to make sure that I wanted to get through all of those quick because, like, just a lot of weird connections. Like, I was sitting in this room just, like, yelling out loud every time I found a new weird connection here. Oh, man. We got him. We got him. But, uh, yeah, so with all that in mind, uh, this movie was also shot in Edmonton. So uh, mm-hmm. a very Canadian affair here all the way down. Um, a lot of the cast and crew and obviously the shooting location. So we should feel right at home, I think. We have to have an affinity for this because this one's mm-hmm. ours. The question is, do we? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, um, Laura, because I know you and I hadn't seen Prom Night. Did you know anything about the series before this? Were you just like, I'm going to sit down and watch Prom Night 2 because my dumb friends asked me to? <laughs> <laughs> I knew nothing about the series. I still kind of don't <laughs> yeah i don't either actually i i i was looking stuff up before this and i realized that uh jamie lee curtis was in the first one i think mm-hmm. and yeah, you're right that sounds fascinating i would like to see more about that but i'm on the same page as you Laura, where it's like i don't know shit about prom night i think liam and i is this right did we pick this just because the title was awesome I think that's that's why we got it on the short list. You really loved the title, but well, the I, title's really good. <laughs> it's it's super good, yeah. Um, and so it it paid off that I wrote the whole thing down instead of just writing Prom Night Two down because then it might not have got on the list so quick. But I had put it on here because I I've heard through the grapevine that this movie is just one of those sequels that really goes out there and stands above and is different than other sequels and different than the original movie. And so there was just a little something in my brain that has told me that for a few years. But beyond that, I didn't know anything about it. Um, I didn't know the angle it was going to take. And I also didn't hear that all that often. I mean, I probably only heard one or two people say that um, on you know various podcasts or something, but that was enough to stick it in my brain and, and get me interested in watching this sometime. Yeah, and so... Um... What can you tell us about the first prom night? Does it have like any relation to this? First of all, I guess. And then in any case, like what is it about? So as far as I know, the the relation to this movie, and I'm only taking it from the Wikipedia page because I don't know anything more than that. I would say that there's no connection at all besides the title. But the Wikipedia page says that this takes place at the same high school which I guess is probably just a name thing because there's absolutely no way that this Canadian movie would have made the high school look the same as it was the, shot in a different as the original. Like... Yeah, that's exactly right. So <laughs> it, it's probably just like a, a similar name thing, if that even is true. So really, this isn't related at all. Um, besides our, our homie who plays Josh, I don't think there's any of the creative talent going from <laughs> the one music, movie the composer, to the other. The composer. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The composer <laughs> doing all four prom night movies, eh? And uh, the first prom night is, um, as far as I can recall, because it's not one that I've revisited since getting really into the genre, and it's not one I hold dear. I, I just saw it on, um, when I was a kid, it would play a lot on a Canadian TV channel called Scream that played a whole lot of low-budget horror movies. It was absolutely amazing. It got discontinued in, like, 2007 or something um broke my heart but when i was like between the ages of like 
seven and 11 or 12, this channel would just expose me to the weirdest shit. And so I watched Prom Night there. And it's just, it's a typical slasher movie. It starts with an inciting incident where a killer breaks into, I think it's Jamie Lee Curtis's house um, and slaughters her family. And then a few years later, when Jamie Lee Curtis is a senior at her high school and she's at the prom and it's nighttime, uh, the killer starts killing people at the prom. They and didn't they do one of those classic daytime proms. That's right. Yeah. And they just got to figure out who the killer is. It's really all right. It's just a teens, movie. Make sure That's you're it. back by 4 p.m. when the prom ends yeah. and no yeah. after parties. Um. And it, it has a remake from 2008 that I'm a bit more familiar with. I have it on DVD and I've probably seen it two or three times most recently, four or five years ago. Um, and holy moly, is it terrible. It is an awful, <laughs> awful mid-2000s horror movie that's just, it's PG-13. It was totally sanitized. It was just like... It's no Black Christmas to, 2006. No, no. Yeah, it's not that at all. It was clearly just made to like get people into seats who like want to see something that's slightly titillating, but then there's nothing of substance in the movie at all. And it's, it's just total like hack job with the editing. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's a real, real bad movie. Um, but I'm interested to go back to see the original because maybe there's something there. I've never really given that one a super fair shake. And so I was ready to go into this one, uh, much like you guys, just not really knowing what I was going to get because I knew that it was unrelated to the first one. Um, so I was just, I was ready to see a, see a movie. Yeah. And I will say too, that the series is weird because so prom night three does have Mary Lou in it again, but prom night four does not. <clears throat> yes. Yes. And so... I should say that I had no idea until last night after I watched this movie that there was a prom night three and four. I thought it ended at two. So as as far as as far as I'm concerned, either three or four are also candidates for this show. Because oh, totally. I, I had no idea it stretched that far. And I'd like to check those out, especially when you look at the poster for prom night three. If if anybody hasn't done that yet, could you do me a favor and just pull up the poster for prom night three, please, really quick? Damn, I've done it, Corey. Wow. I haven't done it. It's oh my pretty cool. One sec. All right. No, I won't spoil it. You'll know the one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking good, man. What's the tagline oh for this God. one? I know, right? <laughs> I've got to squint That's real hard. Sick. Alex thinks he's died and gone to heaven. He's half right. Oh, my God. Which, which half? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? He's died or he's... What? That's the mystery, isn't it? I'm sorry. Oh, hang on. Hang on. I just read the first line of the plot synopsis. I'm not going to read anything else. But Mary Lou Maloney escapes hell by cutting off her chains with a nail file. <laughs> wow. That that sounds fucking Mary, great. <laughs> that Mary Lou. That I love dastardly it. Mary Lou. See you later, alligator. <laughs> and so, yeah, I didn't really know what we were in for. I hadn't heard anything about it. Again, for me, it was just like, hey, title good. And that's really all I had. Um, so for anybody who hasn't seen this movie, which could potentially be a lot of people, we do start at uh, we do start in 1957 with Mary Lou um, going to confession for all these sins, like drinking and not listening to her parents and like fucking around with boys. And uh, then the wildest reveal where she's just like, 
and I loved every minute of it. And then she just gets, and the priest is like totally scandalized. And she takes out lit st- lipstick and writes on the confessional wall for a good time, call Mary Lou Maloney. And writes her I, phone number on the wall. I loved that. Oh, it's so I was good. I obsessed with that. Fuck, it's and so good. I feel like. I feel like it should be more iconic than it is. It's, like I, she, I and wish, she's so good. It's so iconic. Like I, I wish more people knew about this. <laughs> yeah, and then um, they go to prom, and uh, she's with Billy, who looks like a bit of like a, a bit of a dorky kind of guy, but like you know they look like they're having a good time. Mary Lou very much gives out the vibe of like hot popular girl. <laughs> That's especially after that intro scene, but like just sort of generally. And um, she tells him to go get them a drink and then just like sneaks away and goes to have like really obvious sex backstage with um, this other dude, Buddy Cooper. And that makes Billy a little bit upset because they start basically just bullying him really hard. And Mary Lou is like being a real mean lady to him. And so uh, Billy finds this stink bomb in the bathroom from some random dudes and is like, I'm going to get her back while she's being crowned prom queen for like fucking around with me and he unwittingly throws it down with a lit fuse from the rafters and she catches fire and like burns alive like and immediately I, goes up and immediately like the fastest anything has ever caught fire <laughs> in like a carrie-esque mid-dance train wreck of a scene yeah it's big and and i i read on the imdb trivia page that this to this point was the longest fire stunt ever on film. Holy shit. I believe it. Oh. It's long. And I, yeah, I don't know if that's true because what the director commented on that YouTube video that I watched, he directly... Um, like addressed uh, that. He, he didn't address that point, but he addressed other points that are in the trivia and said that it wasn't true. So this might not be true, but it's still... It's a great it's scene. Still, yeah, it still maintains that it's there's a whole lot of fire it's wicked yeah i'm gonna try to not walk us through like every scene as we try to explain it so basically then we cut forward to 1987 and we've got vicky who is like uh she's got like a super religious mom and a a dad who just will not stand up to the mom in any meaningful way (laughs) and um she was like chatting with some of her friends and like she's not allowed to go buy a new prom dress so she goes to find one in like the prop room at their high school and she unwittingly reveals um she opens up a trunk that has the prom queen 90 or 57 stuff in it and like releases mary lou's vengeful spirit which was trapped which we see as being trapped inside of this weird theater trunk in this prop room which is awesome too and um she starts like terrorizing people at the school um including uh jess one of uh vicky's friends because she's like fucking around with some of the accessories and um then vicky goes through like a nightmare on elm street-esque unwinding where she's like hallucinating and thinks she's being like taunted or followed by this mary lou figure and eventually gets full-on possessed by mary lou and like starts dressing like it's the 50s and being kind of snotty and weird and uh killing her friends with like weird evil powers and then billy and the buddy the who's now father cooper the priest in the town have to try to confront this and then uh she tries to go to the prom to get crowned prom queen and then you know things deteriorate from there i'll leave it at that and we can get into the specifics but um 
uh yeah it's a wild movie um i'm gonna do the rare uh thing of letting myself go first because i need to get this off my chest we need to have laura on every week because every time she's on we watch one of the best things we've ever seen this is one of the best things we've ever seen period right up there on with, the show right up there with p.s i love you yeah fuck you liam yes <laughs> um, this is like top three top five ever for the show like very quickly one of my favorite horror movies this movie fucking rules and it's like you know it says it on the wikipedia page but also it's just obvious as you're watching it because this is like later into the 80s so like a nightmare on elm street had come out the exorcist had come out carrie had come out like all these things had come out and it is like doing homage to those things um but in a way to me that felt like it wasn't just like copying it or riffing on it like it was just taking those ideas and doing an interesting thing like there's great effects work it it does those conceits in an interesting way all the performances are cool it looks cool it's just a really interesting mix of things like it's it's like what if freddy krueger was the exorcist demon and it's got like the carry prom conceit and the hyper religious parents incredible i fucking love this movie a lot this movie was awesome <laughs> that's it i don't have any more eloquent nuanced thoughts than that yet it's just really 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 good and had some stuff in there that i really wasn't expecting some really cool effects and stuff um what about what about you laura how did you feel about the movie which i know you just finished so yeah i just finished it moments before we started um but i loved it too yes every time i watched <laughs> I didn't watch it all just now. I um, watched most of it on my lunch break today. Um, uh, and I work in like a basement office. So it's actually oh. kind of creepy and cold down there. <laughs> so I feel like it was a good environment to watch it in. But yeah, I I really, really liked it. Um, I think I was surprised. I think I said this last time when we did um, Black Christmas. But I was, <laughs> I'm always surprised when I see that a movie's Canadian and then actually, like, finding it, like, really, really good, which <laughs> was probably bad to say. Yes, yes, I don't want oh. to hate on my own country, but um, I, I mean, always Canadian expect... movies have a vibe <laughs> a lot of the time. They do have a vibe. This does not have that vibe. No, this has a great, a great vibe. I think it's, you know, at, like, the best of what a Canadian movie can be. And, um, yeah, I, I loved it. I had a great time watching it it's so much i thought fun. the like all the actors were like so good as well like just so enjoyable to watch yeah totally and liam you got to round us out here if you hated this movie liam i doubt you did but if you did oh don't do that <laughs> that'd be very disappointing <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh I, I don't know if what you do, I don't know. if you do hate it liam stop go back in time and don't do it <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i thought my big threat was gonna be yeah, I'll, un I'll unleash the Spooktober, man, and nobody wants that. <laughs> oh shit, we can't have that. All right, all right. So, uh, oh, no, nope, don't you <laughs> Spooktober, man? Hang on, uh, because this is like one of the best movies of all time. This movie yeah. <laughs> is so so good. Oh my gosh, I love 
the setup. I love movies that start with an inciting incident in the past and then you jump forward a little bit and then it's like the past is now wreaking havoc on the present. I love that shit. I love movies that are like, I love 80s movies that are nostalgic about the 50s, like Back to the Future. (laughs) This is like Back to the Future vibes. I like small town movies and this feels that way because the incident that happened to Mary Lou at the beginning, it like hangs over the community and a whole lot of people are affected by it. And I I think that's really, really cool. It makes for some cool character work outside of just the core group of slasher teenagers. Um, The whole cast really good slasher teenagers. Yeah, yeah. All those slasher teenagers are super charismatic. I think each of them get a moment to shine, um, which is, I think, what what the best slashers do, where you can't tell who's going to go first because everyone kind of feels like they're playing a part. And I really got that here. Um, I I couldn't tell what order they were going to go in, if they were going to go. And so the deaths really surprised me just in terms of that like who it's happening to and then once we got into the method of death happening here and we get like two or three of them i was like holy shit this movie there's is some of my so... favorite death scenes like ever yeah so so creative so cool it is very nightmare on elm street um but it's it's tough to do nightmare on elm street once nightmare on elm street is done yeah because the reason elm street is so uh revered is because it's using imagination that it seems like no one has thought of before or found the means to communicate and the fact that they did it is so amazing and so the fact that this movie can come and do that again and still have it feel fresh is so cool um this is like i would recommend this movie to any nightmare on elm street fan who isn't super into freddy because i know there are are a lot of people out there that freddy becomes a really uh he's he becomes cartoon as the series goes on yeah and even in the first one there are little hints of the cartoonishness but i think that this movie um has a really good handle on its comedy and its horror i think this movie has a sense of humor um but i think it is like genuinely scary and jaw-dropping at times but it is just so fun uh like you said laura and i actually think laura you summed it up best when Corey brought up that initial confession scene and you just said that that this needs to be more iconic than it is because that's the way i feel about this whole movie i think that this movie for some reason even though i've heard one or two people on a podcast say that this is cool this movie like needs to be talked about way more because all of these set pieces can go toe-to-toe with the stuff i hear about all the time this is such a cool movie i was blown away i could have watched it again right afterwards it is incredible yeah i i i really like all your points with like elm street and how like the big thing i kept getting is um like there were points where i was writing notes that are straight up like um vicky is having a nancy style this or that because um, she feels a lot like Nancy. And I think before she gets possessed, when she just like can't sleep and is sort of like unraveling and like basically trying to stay awake so she can like figure out what's happening, obviously feels very reminiscent of that. But yeah, it's it's unbelievable that there are so many things in this movie that are potentially homage or like a send up to or just similar to but it feels like its own thing 
Um, it feels like a really, really good Nightmare on Elm Street sequel that we didn't get, basically. And I, I don't want to whittle it down to just that because it's got a lot of stuff going for it that is similar to other movies. It's also doing a lot of its own thing that I think yeah. lets it stand apart on its own from that. But the comparison is so easy to make that, like, yeah, if you want to watch A Nightmare on Elm Street and then this movie, you're going to have, like, the time of your life. Yeah, this is... It's such a fun 80s vibe, just like that movie. Um, but yeah, like you said, man, this movie has so much that sets it apart. I mean, just the high school setting in It's general, one of the most aesthetically really pleasing commits. high schools I've ever seen. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I had one of those prop rooms in my high school. And so I just loved the scenes where we were down there. I like that we got to see the various classes. I like that we got scenes during class and then we also get scenes after class is over, but we're yeah. in a classroom. I like the gymnasium stuff. It is I just, like the shots of the such... hallway. Like every shot of the hallway feels like a shot from the shining. Was that just me? <laughs> like the way I didn't notice that. Yeah, like it just felt well, obviously there's also the shot where um the water fountain turns to blood and like everything gets all fucked up and weird in the hallway. But um mm. yeah, like there's like tracking shots or just like like the way they were presenting the hallway felt like the way they shoot um both the hallway in the shining where the the twins are at the end of it or the girls whatever and the shot where all of that blood comes like gushing Mm. down like it just felt like that all the time which is huge praise as far as i'm concerned (laughs) and um uh there's just so many interesting choices too like what they do with Vicky is really interesting to me because, you know, she goes through it and um, obviously gets possessed. But then, like, she gets an ending where she's ultimately fine, at least briefly. I think that's interesting that they, like, that's not the person who has to, like, get, like, sacrificed here for whatever, like, vengeance to be sorted out is. Um that's that felt unusual and like we were talking about like you don't necessarily know like who's gonna go or when and um yeah uh, there's just like i could just gush about like individual scenes like that fucking chalkboard scene that scene took yeah that scene cost two thousand dollars an hour to shoot according to the wikipedia page oh my gosh um but like it's such a unique visual and it's it's a very nightmare on elm street visual but not in a way that feels like it's copying it. You could just see it in that kind of movie and it would be like, yep. But here it gets to be its own cool thing because it's not like a Freddy Krueger thing. So it's not bogged down by that. Like just the chalkboard grew arms and then turned into a whirlpool that sent me to hell. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like, I want to have more nuanced sounding thoughts but i'm just really excited <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm trying to think of where 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 would it be productive to like center um, everything right now i think maybe we could talk about like how the movie builds because it takes a while before stuff starts happening but then when stuff starts happening it really starts happening um the intro obviously sets everything up for us but uh we get introduced to vicky and just her friends and her parents and her boyfriend and just like the fact that she's up for prom queen and they like go get coffee and they just like hang out and people are just kind of talking. And I think it's smart to like ground everything again after the the beginning, because the beginning has so much going on that you get a good opportunity to just like get a feel for everybody, which I think was smart. 
yeah, yeah. I, d- I didn't think of that at all, but I think that that's totally what happened and it works. And that's really uh, essential w- with a movie that starts so hard with uh, the Mary Lou getting burned, like longest fire stunt of all time. When your movie starts with that, then it really helps to ground things afterwards and situate you back in your new present day in order to uh, have you grow fond of the characters that you're going to spend the rest of the movie with. I, I love that that intro just feels like a prologue and then we actually have the beginning of the first chapter after that. Yeah, like, and we, we get, like, um, Vicky and Craig don't want to go to college right away, so they're, like, arguing with their parents about, like, wanting to stay back, and um, there's, like, the prom queen drama that Kelly is way more invested in than everybody else. There's, like, ooh, who are you going to go with? Like, Monica can't get a date, but it's clear that she can't get a date kind of because she's just mean to everybody who's asking her to go, like, that guy in class, and she's just, like, not in a million years, asshole, and it's, like, that's mean to say to that man um yeah and then, yeah, like, and, then, and, then and then she's like and no, why won't anyone ask me to go to i know prom? and then like right <laughs> after rejecting that guy in the meanest way imaginable this yeah this movie has a lot of really good dialogue punchlines yeah like that, yeah where it lingers on something funny it's, josh's it's entire existence yeah yeah i thought it had some yeah i thought it had some uh really good funny parts and like what you said liam earlier that it like it does a really good job of balancing the funny dialogue and then also like the genuinely scary stuff. There was one joke at some point at the beginning. Um, the girl, I can't remember the name of the character, but the girl who really wanted to be prom queen. Kelly. Kelly. Okay. So she, she made a really funny comment um, talking about like her prom dress. She was like the lady <laughs> at Sears said it's the same dress that Liz Taylor wore to the Oscars or something. <laughs> yes, and I just thought yes. that, was, that was so funny. Yeah. Well, and just hearing her talk about that dress at all, it's like, she's like, it's red. So it's got this like Latin flair to it. Yeah. It's like, what yeah, are you That talk? was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It was really funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. She, what a great character. Cause like. She was great. You don't. Great actress. Yeah. You don't necessarily well. want her to die, but oh my God, she's annoying. <laughs> Like, because she's very just, like, self-centered. It actually feels like the opposite of an advertisement for Diet Pepsi, because she's drinking Diet Pepsi, like, four times in this movie. And I'm like, is this great press for your drink? Like, hey, bitchy high schoolers love Diet Pepsi. Like... (laughs) <laughs> what's your play here yeah the- it must have just it must have been a shot at diet pepsi like diet pepsi refused to give the money for this the movie, taste so of a new generation like, that sucks yeah. um yeah and i also think there's like uh um when they're getting coffee and craig puts like just a an a mind-boggling amount of sugar in his coffee like too much sugar in his coffee and vicky's just like that shit will kill you like you can't. <laughs> oh man he pours yeah. so much but then i like how later on when she is uh like totally strung out and like on the verge of being possessed she absolutely or i think it was maybe right after she got possessed she dumps like a ton of sugar into her coffee <laughs> yes dude yeah and then when she comes out of the box after they've defeated mary lou and she's all slimy he and just stuff, asks, with yeah. such a nice touch yeah he asks if she takes sugar in her coffee and um as his as his way of testing if it's really her that was like so brilliant it's such a small screenwriting storytelling technique but 
it just it works so well you know you only bring it up yeah. three times at different moments for the characters and it means yeah. different things each time one of the things that i felt was really good about this movie is that um the dialogue like there were a lot of jokes and things that were repeated um like that like things that referenced earlier points in the movie but um i felt like it was certain things like the see you later alligator as well which was great well, was yeah. repeated enough for you to know that it's being repeated and it's her thing but i, I felt i never felt like it was overdone like it was mm -hmm. the perfect amount for it to be enjoyable so yeah they had i thought the writing was great like it was just so yeah there's so many moments where i was just like yes <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I, I think wish I could say that in a more eloquent. Well, way, something about but... when, like, I think another example is like, um, when she starts dressing like it's the fifties, and people are like, she's committing fashion crimes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I forget the precise line, but everybody is like, "What is she doing?" And then Craig is like, "She's just trying to be an individual." Oh man, I, I, I think the trick to this movie is that it feels like such an essential um iconic like teen high school movie and then the horror stuff is a bonus on top of that and then the mm -hmm. horror stuff ends up being so creative but what makes it like go from just a cool horror movie to me to like something that i really love and i'm blown away by is the fact that those little moments are in there this feels like it would be an 80s uh, high school movie that I would just totally love as a kid and then there's terrifying creative stuff on top yeah. of it it's really cool because you don't see that often so many horror movies take place in high school with high school kids but that work isn't the in Nightmare there. on Elm Street remake is yeah the perfect example of that <laughs> Yeah, you can easily, like, there's a reason that high school movies are their own genre, even though most horror movies are high school movies, right? Because the work is put into different aspects. Horror movies deal with the horror and, like, just, like, get, getting the kids in there to get them out of there. And then high school movies want you to bond with the characters and they put the work into that dialogue. And so this movie, I felt like it did both, which is what makes it feel so special there's, to me. There's a version of this that's basically just the breakfast club and you take all the horror stuff out and you're just like <laughs> hanging out with teens in a high school as they're like trans at this transitional point in their lives and it all like focuses around the prom but like yeah then liam's like and then there's all this other crazy shit in there <laughs> like um i think maybe my favorite example of like the fun they have with the writing is josh and monica not fully committing to asking each other to the prom but like they're just like walking down the sidewalk like Oh, so, like, what if we just, like, you know, met up there? Like, we're both going to be there at the same time. <laughs> that would make sense. And it's like, oh, yeah, but we can't be there together because people might, you know, think stuff. And it's like, yeah, we definitely can't kiss. That would be terrible. Yeah, it would be so <laughs> terrible that, like, we should probably just get it out of the way right now to prove how terrible it would be. Yeah, that's so <laughs> like, cute. Yeah, I, love I loved that. And I love that this is a movie that feels like... um it's giving the dorky kid like actual characterization beyond like this guy's a dork. Like that whole speech he gives when he's doing the fucking potato clock or whatever, the <laughs> potato light bulb. Oh yeah. And he's that just was like awesome. loving it. Like <laughs> he's got, yeah, he's got like shades and he's got like all these weird pins and he's got this like hacker attitude for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> yeah. And um, everybody feels like, actual people 
um like they're still character like uh archetypes a little bit for sure but the movie is able to have like genuine character moments i think the scene when vicky finds jess like crying in the bathroom and they have the big talk about her being pregnant is like genuinely moving and well acted and like mm-hmm. a great character thing where you can tell that like oh these two people care a lot about each other and vicky wants to help and this is just like a difficult emotional thing and the fact that that can be in the same movie where you're getting possessed by like the trunk demon of a prom queen is just mm-hmm. it's wild to me also yeah, her yeah. hair also her hair is awesome it's so big <laughs> just ridiculously yeah. big. When I was watching this, I was like, at the very least, Corey is going to be big on the hair. So it's at I'm least going to be a seven out of ten. The, all the fashion kicks so much ass. Yeah, it's good stuff. And yes, uh, Jess crying about her uh, lack of a boyfriend and then revealing that she was pregnant was totally awesome. It was acted so well. Um, we don't learn that she's pregnant until a little bit deeper into that scene. And so when she was just crying about this boy that she likes that isn't giving her attention, it felt so real. Like I was like, man, this mm-hmm. is this is totally high school. She's sobbing over this and she like it's totally justified because that's how you feel things at that age. And then the fact that she's pregnant um, just like made it even stronger. And I was like, Oh shit, no wonder she's crying like this. And then the fact that she gets got soon after that, my mind yeah. was blown. Cause after seeing that scene, I was, I was like, Oh, she's like essential. She's going to stick around till the end because they're putting in this character work. They horror movies don't just do that for anybody. And then it turns and out you her know, death scene is fucking crazy mm-hmm. so many things it. It are going so on yeah do you want to talk about it do you want to like talk us through it me <laughs> if you want if you don't <laughs> Ooh, if you don't want to that's fine um no i can um yeah basically it's like that was amazing this like <laughs> this like spooky wind <laughs> comes through <laughs> It is. Yeah. That she's in. It's a haunted breeze, dude. A haunted breeze, as I'm sure you know. Everyone feels that a little bit. You're walking around <laughs> sometimes on an October night. You feel a breeze, and you're like, "That that felt kind of like a haunted breeze." <laughs> there was something but... vaguely supernatural in the air that time. But anyway, this haunted breeze comes into the room that she's in, and what? It's like the curtain is what gets swept up in it. Um, she yeah the curtains get flicked up because she had put on the like prom queen cape because yeah th- those like accessories were just sitting in the room and then yeah stuff just starts getting whipped around the room in like a crazy yeah, there's, way like paper flying everywhere yeah, like that, a like, shredded paper kind bag of gets looks ripped like open. snow and she basically gets pulled by this like fabric that's possessed by this wind and um <laughs> like pulled more and more towards um one of those like giant paper cutters that are in art classrooms. And uh, for some reason it's on the floor. floor. Yeah. Which was really weird. <laughs> I'm assuming but, that was um, also the work of the wind. Oh, that's, that makes more sense. I didn't think of that. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it pulls her more and more towards there and you think it's going to cut her head off. Um, and then it doesn't. And then the, the wind just pulls her up and hangs her. And then throws her out the window. Yeah, that was like an there's interesting there's touch. like three different seemingly mis- after she's died. Yeah, there's three di- <laughs> yeah, there's three different misdirects. Like, you. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, okay, so they're gonna leave the body hanging there, and then it's gonna look like 
someone's going to find it. Suicide, and then Vicky will be like, oh, it's because of the thing we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. But no, the body just gets catapulted out the window. Yeah. So <laughs> like, it's like, see ya. <laughs> just got fucking yeeted. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and before that, I thought for sure that she was going to get got with that school paper. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Which is just incredible because I saw that and I was like, holy shit. I don't think I've ever seen one of those in a horror movie before. But, but right you- when I saw it, I was like, that's perfect. Yeah, it was perfect because also I thought that as well. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that as like a method for killing someone off in a horror movie. But when I was a kid, those things are so scary. Yes. And like, that's all I would think about when I was a kid is like someone's hand getting like in there. Yeah. You would think that it'd be used more in scary movies, but they're classroom guillotines. They're terrible. They're so scary. Um, And I feel like they just shouldn't be around. Like, you see those Kids. in, like, a kindergarten class, and it's like, that's dangerous. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Um, And I, I don't know if this is precisely, like, chronologically correct, but really quick, I'm just going to fit in that. So Billy and Father Cooper have this conversation because they realize, like, oh, some weird shit's happening, and I think it's because Mary Lou's ghost is back, and we need to try to, like, exercise it out, and you need the power of Christ on your team, Bill. And Bill's like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> I don't want any of this God shit in my house. Um, and I want to try to make sure I get this in the right order, but I'm just going to start talking about the cool stuff that Vicky does when she's possessed. She gets possessed because as mentioned, so she is sort of on her like wits end because she is trying to figure out like what's been happening to her basically. And these hallucinations of Mary Lou, um, there's a really gross thing where the unicorn in her room grows like a weird mouth. I hated that. That was one of the least that pleasant so things I've scary. ever seen. And it's got evil like demon eyes. And that it's was like, the most disturbing part for me. It's like kind of claymation-y. It's gross. I hate it. Oh, man. I'm and getting then the when shivers. Later <laughs> as well, like when they bring it back and she has like her <sighs> fingers in its mouth. Yeah, when oh, she's like riding it in the process. And she's like, yeah, she's like erotically fingering the mouth of the claymation unicorn and then makes it with her dad. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's a wild I'm... scene. <laughs> yeah, that was so creepy, dude. This movie, like, it's not even just like a fun laugh at it. Fun it's got slash, Like it's legitimately scary. That was so scary. Yeah. And then her mom is just like, this is right before the prom. And her mom is like, Harlot, you need to repent for making out with your dad and you're not leaving this house. And then she proceeds to like telekinetically throw her mom through the front door and then just <laughs> walk to prom, I guess. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, But so, she, so yeah, she's in detention. You help me gets like, doctor sleep style written on the chalkboard like red rum and uh she goes up to it and gets pulled into the chalkboard that becomes a swirling whirlpool and uh that is the point in which she is like replaced with a possessed version of herself by mary lou and um she her like whole sort of attitude changes she's kind of like cockier and more like self-interested and like we said her wardrobe changes but first um or maybe not first i think i might have this backwards but anyway i wanted to talk about the part where she's flipping through the yearbook to try to find like the mary lou i think this is right before she gets possessed actually and um she sees kelly as mary lou like making fun of her and she slaps kelly in the face so hard like yeah i just want to point out because like i know it's like a stunt in their actors but she slaps kelly in the face so hard (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, so then after that she gets she gets possessed. Her whole the actress does this like her whole like attitude changes, and she's so good at this mm-hmm. weird like you know um, self interested, but also like knows that she's got these like powers, and is like sort of teasing people or like taunting people like her whole energy changes and the thing that i think of the most is when she's with monica in the like locker room mm-hmm. and monica's like man like what is up with you right now um everything's just been kind of weird and you've been weird and it's been weird um and then to try to show that everything's fine she follows monica into the shower and starts to try to like make out with her which was weird as well I don't really know where that part came from, but then Monica's like fully like, fuck this. Something is wrong. I have to go talk to Craig, but first I'm being like tracked down and you get this great sequence where she's trying to hide in this locker room. And, um, I will say the only thing about this scene that felt a little bit gratuitous is that Monica is in a towel and Vicky is fully naked for the Mm -hmm. entirety of the scene. And that's a bit much, but, um, she starts like humming like tutti frutti in these like fifties songs to herself and is like stalking Monica quietly through the locker room Mm -hmm. and Monica hides herself in a locker to try to like stay away. And then you think, Oh, Mary Lou's just going to find what door it's in. And what she actually does is finds out what one she's in and then crushes the locker telekinetically with her mind. But she says, "Womp bop, loom bop." She does before she <laughs> before uh, she does it. Oh yeah, and she, and she oh, does it in right. like a weirdly sultry way. Yeah, like a very like trying to be hot, like a womp bop, loom bop, and then just like crushes Monica with her mind. That was so incredible. It's the best, dude, and she's oh, so dude. good. And the locker like goops out uh, from the little. And it's like chunky. Yeah. Oh. And then and then, and then she leaves and she's just like chewing gum and like spinning it on her finger. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. And she and she puts a sign up saying that the locker out room's of order. out of order. Just little touches like that are so. Yeah. She so... gets so like fucking sassy. Like. Yeah. Um, and then I think right after this is the thing with Craig, right? Where they're like, Craig's trying to see what's up with her, and she's like. I think they're setting up the prom maybe again because there's like there's a part where she's like trying to get people to hang up a banner right and she's just like no not like that idiot come on do it right but mm-hmm. they she pulls Craig into like this back room to like have sex and gets really aggro and weird like grabbing onto him and like just being kind of weird and so he ends up like throwing her off the bed and the, but then before she can he can get away, she like pins him down and like grabs him by the neck. And then in like a shot that is like it's like that shot in Upgrade where like he gets up off the floor and the camera like follows him all the way up to standing, where she like throws Craig against the wall, mm-hmm. and it's like so yeah. visually compelling. <laughs> like this movie knows exactly what to do with all of its like horror scenes to do like unique little things like that to sort of elevate it. And Craig like runs away. Cause he's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on in here. And that's when we get the gross unicorn mouth fingering dad makeout. <laughs> what a bad series of words that is. That sucks. <laughs> um, and uh, 
Craig tries to call when the prom is happening, and part of the answering machine message that Mary Lou has now left on the phone. Oh my god! Is like places yeah. to go, people to kill. Don't bother leaving a message because Vicky doesn't live here anymore. On some real Taylor Swift energy. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Somebody had to. We need we need to make sure Taylor Swift sees this movie. I think she would love it. Yeah, give me like um a Taylor Swift album inspired by Prom Night 2. AKA I think you've already got one. Which one's that? <laughs> that one, I guess it would be that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe maybe Taylor Swift has actually been behind this movie like longer than anybody else. Yeah, she's the real <laughs> she's the one. Oh, uh the set for the prom is amazing. It's got all these like weird neon lights and it's just the most 80s shit in the world. It looks like something you'd see on MTV. Uh, all the centered pieces on the tables are like big light bulbs for some reason. <laughs> um, yes. And, yeah. you know, so the problem gets like underway. But meanwhile, oh, I, I guess we missed the whole part where v- Vicky goes to confession as Mary Lou and like kicks down the wall <laughs> of the confession booth. Yes. Yeah. And and she uh, talks about the afterlife to the priest. She says the worst part was that she didn't have any fucking wings. Mm. Another great line. Amazing line. Yeah, this is so good. It was it was a great analog to that first Mary Lou scene. That yeah. We have Mary, Mary Lou's grand return to the confessional booth and it did not disappoint. I think I think what makes this so good, this combination of Vicky and Mary Lou, is that they're both such strong characters by themselves. Like, they stand up for themselves. Like, we have Mary Lou at the beginning in the confessional booth, like, totally subverting expectations and norms and saying that she enjoyed all this, uh, like, typically scandalous stuff that she did. And then we have Vicky standing up for herself and giving that wicked-ass slap um, and yeah. so we have these like two strong characters that have binded into one. So it makes sense to me that uh, Mary Lou and Vicky's body is just going to go so hard. I think the movie would be a lot less interesting if Vicky had been a much more passive and um, uh, more of like a blank slate that right. Mary Lou could inhabit. Because I think the temptation would be there when writing a movie like this that we got to have um, the character be boring before Mary Lou goes in. That way, it'll be way more jarring and exciting when that character is acting up. But I think it's really a testament to the writing and to the actress who played Vicky's abilities that she can make both characters feel full and dynamic. Yeah, that's Wendy Lyon, just for the record. Um yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I don't know how, I just realized we got to this point without talking about the hallucinations that she actually has earlier in the movie where, like, uh, she gets hit in the head with a volleyball by Kelly, who's being a bitch, and then, like, hallucinates that she's being in, like, a spider web and being tracked down by a bunch of people chanting Mary Lou, or she gets attacked by that greaser in the hallway after the water fountain turns to blood. There's all kinds of wild shit going on throughout this entire thing. But, like, it, there's there's so many things it's impossible to hit it all. Like, a headstone explodes at one point, and they dig up a body, and they find a priest with a crucifix shoved in his mouth. <laughs> like, it's impossible oh, to cover man. everything. 
Yeah, dude, there's a lot in this short movie. There was the really like filthy, sordid lunchroom where there was like stuff yeah, floating gross, in this murky dude. ass yeah, water. Yeah, that was really disgusting. There was some, I found all of those scenes where she kind of like, um, or Vicky just found herself like transported to like a really, like the same place, but like really creepy and gross. I found all those scenes like really scary, like the cafeteria one, especially like the food just looked so disgusting. And, like, the lunch lady was so creepy. And, yeah, same with, like, the locker scene, like, just after that. Um, where everything's all, like, covered in goop. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I found all of that, like, really, really creepy. Yeah, and so... God, what do I even want to talk about? Because, obviously, so, like, Bill, the principal, who was Mary Lou's original date, is like, Craig, stay out of this. Craig being Vicky's boyfriend. I got to take matters into my own hands. So he knocks out his son with a shoe somehow. I don't think that would do that, but who am I? And uh, he brings a gun to the high school. And uh, Kelly is still trying to convince Josh to let her be prom queen by rigging the vote. Um, by g getting him some kind of explosive chemical, it seems. Because um, he would not take a cash bribe. And... Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, like, the prom is just sort of happening, and people are trying to make sure that nothing bad happens, and um, Mary Lou gets the vindication of, like, Vicky winning the prom queen vote and getting up on the stage, and she sort of does the same thing where she, like, takes the flowers really aggressively and, like, wants to get this big moment in front of everybody, and Bill is up in the rafters again, but he just shoots her a lot. Before anything bad has actually happened yet, I mean, aside from the several murders, but I mean, like, during the prom itself, like, things have been relatively tame, except for Josh getting electrocuted to death by a computer that nobody knows about yet. So Yeah, I, I, uh, was, I, was, I was floored by Billy doing that, because that went against horror movie norms for me, too, where you're not waiting for the bad thing to happen, and you're not postponing your big moment, it's just... Uh, he's so confident he that he knows moment. what's yeah. going on mm -hmm. and so yeah so he, he it's like he ends the movie early so i had no mm -hmm. idea where the movie was going to go after that because he just he did the thing that you always tell horror movie characters to do when they're coming up against the evil so i was so impressed and ready and, to go and then the least expected thing i'm going to argue of the entire movie happens which is Craig is like with Vicky and he's like, or Mary Lou, whatever. And he's like, oh, fuck. Like somebody call an ambulance, please. Oh my God. And Vicky starts like um, writhing and like gagging and uh, an arm, like a weird zombified arm just shoots out of her chest. And um, Mary Lou, as like a gross decaying demon woman, pulls herself out of Vicky's body and starts like carrying not carrying, but, like, carry the movie ing, the prom, like, tearing everything down and bursting shit into flames, and, like, Kelly gets killed with a neon light. But as she wreaks all this havoc, she, like, regenerates her body. It's fucking wild. She grows her body back. Yeah. Yeah, that was... That's another case of this movie just doing something extra that the script wouldn't need to necessitate, because... Um, I totally understand wanting the actress for Mary Lou to come back in present day and, and get to 
wreak havoc in her own body. And so while um, some part of me expected that to happen, you can totally do that without a transformation scene. She could just emerge from behind a corner. You could do uh, like a quick sort of like spiritual apparition that comes out of Vicky's body. Which they've already done. Like we've Lou. seen Mary Lou a couple times already. Yeah, yeah. So you could, you could, there's so many like shortcuts you could have done in order to um, get to that point where Mary Lou is now in the corporeal world. So the fact that they went so hard and did like a full ass the fly transformation and put so much into having this big moment happen and it's like, it's like this is the actual final boss emerging at the end of the movie. It was so incredible. I was like, once once Vicky got shot and I was like, man, where is this movie going to go? That I think that's the best possible place it could have gone. I was so happy. Yeah, and then like Craig gets chased through the rest of the school like Haunted House style down into the prop room. like, And there's that scene where they're like walking through it and she can just like appear places. <laughs> like there's that jump scare where she's like in the doorway and then like in front of the camera. <laughs> and... It just keeps throwing shit at you until like the very until literally the end of the movie. It just keeps throwing shit at you, like um, the prom like bursts into flames and everyone's dying and Craig gets chased downstairs and then that weird poltergeist white light trunk opens again and it reveals a portal to hell. That I'm assuming it's hell anyway. Portal to somewhere that Craig almost gets sucked into, and then like fucking I don't know. Vicky is back. And they go to leave with the dad, principal dad, and they get in the car and they think they're finally safe. And then he's wearing the Mary Lou ring that he had got her. And he's, I forget what he says, but like the license plate of the car says Mary Lou. And they're like listening to 50s music and they fucking drive away. And they're like, he says, he says like, oh, they're playing her song. Oh yeah. It's the Mary Lou song. Yeah. Yeah. But just like. And I know I speed run through that, but it's like so much shit happens at the end of this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, it was so good. Yeah. And there's other moments too. Like I like the way they shoot the gothic ass church with a lot of like low angles and like wind whipping through. And like, it feels like it's owning the exorcist influence there in the way that the high school stuff sort of owns the nightmare on Elm street and Carrie angles. But it's, it's the perfect amalgamation of all those things while being its own thing. It's nuts yeah i don't know how this movie did it man there was um another really cool shot that's like a a a low to the ground like racing i don't know if you would call it a tracking shot but it's from the school and it goes all the way through some like woods and stuff i just called that an evil dead shot (laughs) yeah that that's what i thought too i thought man that is so so cool and evil dead like and it's just it's awesome maybe because this movie came out in the 80s uh i i sort of have it in my mind that like back then movies couldn't ape other movies as much because now we have access to the internet and we can like we know what people like and we can watch things over and over and so homages to older movies now are more commonplace because there's been so much time and like reverence that's that's passed in between but the seeing this stuff in an 80s movie um just like feels so fresh even though it's been done before um so i i don't i don't know if like nowadays if i saw an evil dead shot like that i wouldn't be as floored by it but in this movie it just totally worked for me i yeah i don't know like 
this movie has it all and it does it all well like i feel like a different movie like one of these elements we've talked about whether it's one of the things it's inspired by or one of the crazy unexpected sequences like it would have just failed at it like it would have crumbled mm-hmm. under the weight of all the stuff it's trying to do and this just doesn't i don't know it's just a great time it is it is a great time it's it's one of those movies that would be so fun to like put on at a party and watch with other people because there's just so many big moments yeah. in it and a lot of a lot of laughs and it's just a it's just like an all it it, it it's a it's a jack of all trades yeah movie. oh laura so you have an important responsibility now that you've been on this episode actually so do i yeah <laughs> believe it so every once in a while liam and i find a movie that okay. nobody talks about or nobody really talks about people don't talk about it enough like you said at the okay. beginning and we take it upon ourselves that we have to as the podcast that is re-revealing this movie to the world or insisting that people should see it like the rage carry Two, or you know i know there's others but that's the one that i always think of so let's just go with that one example for now poltergeist 3 there's stuff that we just sort of find that people don't talk about but it's actually like really good you need to make sure that you tell people to watch this like we have to champion the shit out of this movie (laughs) I will, even if you hadn't asked me to do that, I feel like I will do it because it's just so good. And I feel like I can already think of like a few people who I know would really enjoy it that I just, yes. I want them to see it. And I'm like, I wonder if this person's already seen it or if they've heard of it. Cause it, it's just so much fun and like, and genuinely scary. And yeah. So I will, I will carry on that torch. I promise. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> And, and I think it's on YouTube, right, Corey? It's on this YouTube, on just YouTube. for free, yeah. But yeah, this movie's got it, got it all. It's got, it's got everything. It's got evil chalkboards and hallucinations and demonic possession and very sugary coffee, um, and big '80s hair, evil locker rooms. I don't know. The list goes on. Haunted breezes. Haunted breezes, <laughs> which is one of the best horror turns of phrase I've ever heard. <laughs> It's my, my favorite Goosebumps book. <laughs> I will say somehow we've made it this whole episode without a possession of our own, which is pretty impressive. I uh, I don't know how we've pulled that off so far. It's because we were having so much fun. Yeah. I oh <laughs> wait no you're right you're right we figured it out. So Liam, I think I yeah. think I think we I think we know what we have to do. Maybe maybe the Spooktober man can't like penetrate like a fun shield because you know diary of the dead right like we did not have fun you know we had a little bit of fun yeah um but we didn't have a lot of fun but this is like this the perfect feel good good time romp of a high school horror movie maybe if the movie's good enough we're like protected from it Man, that's that's a lot of pressure. So that that means the war just week, keeps getting deeper. <laughs> next week, in order to increase our odds of having fun, I am going to take a long distance trip before I watch the program for next week. I'm going to download it on my phone. I'm going to walk an hour and then I'm going to watch the movie. That way I'll have prepared myself on that walk for it to be awesome. I'm taking your guys advice. OK, I think that's the way to go. Yes, now, it's, either, it. it's either fun or guest we don't know what kept like we don't know if there's something about laura that just keeps the spooktober man away that's right it very well (laughs) might just be you laura that's totally true so um stay tuned for next week where we figure out 
how to further protect ourselves from that. But, you know, nobody driving a car has to listen to this and suddenly get accosted by the Spooktoberman and accidentally, like, careen into a tree, so... (laughs) Corey, you know what I just thought of, though? What? Have you ever seen Laura and the Spooktoberman in the same place? Liam, you can't. We can't. (laughs) We can't do that. That's... No. I don't want to believe. I don't want to believe. What's the opposite of... What's the opposite of X-Files? Because I don't believe... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did you say no I'm... comment, Laura? Yep. You can't do me like that. You gotta tell oh me my... if you're the Spooktober man. It's just like I... undercover cops have to tell you if they're a cop. All I'm saying is that Ugh. like Hannah Montana and Miley Stewart, you have not seen us in the same room. Oh. And that's all I'll say. Oh, oh no. no. Well, we are having you on again this month. So I guess we'll find out because if, we do, if we do that movie at the end and it's a bad time, then we're going to have some kind of confrontation. I guess. God, dude, uh, this whole month just got so much more stressful. What if I've been friends with the Spooktoberman the whole time? I don't know what to do with that. That's a lot for all. All will be revealed in due time. All will, so tune in for the Halloween episode. Where it wasn't just going to be a big finale because it's on Halloween. We are having Laura back. We are having Madeline back. We are watching a Halloween Town movie. And secrets will be fucking revealed, apparently. But because it's Halloween Town... Um, Is it going to be too that fun? Just gar- it just guarantees it's going to be a fun time. So uh, yeah, maybe but, the truth won't be revealed. But, like, you know, what if... What if everybody has to have a good time? Like, what if one person, like, didn't sleep well that night? Or, ah. like, they're just not they're just not feeling it. Like, is that enough to weaken the barrier? You I don't, don't think so. I don't think so because I had a bad day today. That's true, but we can't trust your judgment because you could be it. <laughs> we don't know anymore. Oh, the lore <laughs> runs too deep, man. Is this the rest of my life? Oh. It might be. We don't know. And Liam, aren't we doing? Aren't we not even doing a movie next week? That's right. Who knows oh, what fuck. the October man will think about that? Oh boy, um, this is a lot to unpack. I gotta stay away from lockers, I guess for sure. Gonna want to mm-hmm. avoid those. Stay away from high school pipe percutters. Art rooms in general, I probably. Guess- <laughs> I guess you don't actually have to stay away from those because... They didn't do anything. They, they were just scary. It was like a big mouth, basically, just like... Wah, wah. Mm-hmm. God, man. This, this... That's actually... That's the best thing this movie could have done because it <laughs> it recognizes how daunting the high school paper cutter is and it plays on that and then it goes, no, you don't get that yet. That's too hardcore. So it, it keeps you on the hook. Yeah, no, totally. And speaking of being kept on the hook, now I don't know... When or where or how or who could strike next as the Spooktober man? <laughs> or why? Or why? What if it happens while I'm reading the news tonight? I, I would stay away from all electronic devices. I just can't. They're gonna, I'm paid to do that. I have, a, what's, I have an obligation. What's worth more, Corey? Money <laughs> or your life? <laughs> I mean, if I'd use Josh, the prom night to Josh school of math, it's explosive chemicals is worth more. <laughs> Those um, cost money. Yeah, I mean, everything costs... Well, if for him, it costs a favor. Fucking capitalism. Do I have to do the Spooktoberman a favor? Oh, man. Ask Laura. But what... Uh, 
but what if she's not? But what if she is? <laughs> Laura, we've had so many adventures together and you've kept this a secret the whole time. Maybe, potentially. I don't want to demonize <laughs> you yet. <laughs> I don't know what to I don't know what to feel. It's been it's been a new development. For you or for in what? <laughs> like, <laughs> for not that I'm not that I'm saying I am. But if you but were, if you it would be newer. If I were, if I were, it only, he only comes to me in October. So it's not the full oh, time that we've been friends. Fair enough. Only, man. only one month of the year. Okay. Well, I can live with that, I guess. I can't really hold you accountable for all of that. Potentially. Maybe I'm holding you accountable for nothing. Oh, boy. But also, like I said, I'm not confirming or denying. Yeah. We just can't rule it this out. Is, this is hypothetical. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it could be it could be cakey. He could be stringing me along <laughs> with all these conversations we have before the pod, and then he's the spooked over man. It could be me. <laughs> I'm the one doing the voice on like when it happens on the show. True. So like we're only assuming it's sort of channeling through some other sh- oh man. Oh boy. Well, um I guess we can get out of here and I'm gonna go. I do got to work tonight, but I think I'm just going to go lie down. It's a good idea. And just not yeah. get up again for a while, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just sort of let this ruminate for like six to 12 uninterrupted hours or something. <laughs> Maybe watch Prom Night 2 again. Um, make Smile sure. Try some answers. Yeah. You know, there's got to be something in there. There's 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 such a such a profound possession in that movie that maybe it will teach me some something new. But um, before we do that, I want to thank everybody again for listening to another episode of They Slayed Another One? It's the Halloween theme, remember? That's not the Spooktober man's. That's ours. We get to say that. And um, Trademark. Trademark. TM, TM, TM. And uh, you can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. Do you guys hear that? Nice. Yeah, that was good. Don't say nice. It's Liam. This is real. What? That wasn't you? No. Oh, shit. You heard it, right? Did you both hear it? It's fine. It's it's fine. It doesn't matter. Of course you heard it, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as they made another one. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and your th- Spooktoberman theories. Our fantastic regular thumbnail art and our fantastic Halloween-themed thumbnail art is done by our very good friend of the show, Jade, S- Jade Dickinson. You can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. Her name is not Jade Sketches. And um, custom-made soundboard clips are courtesy of Jason DeLine. You can find on Instagram at DeLineMan. And Liam, where can people find you? You guys can find my film. You guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterbox. My username is Graham the Mallow. I don't know if it's the Spooktoberman, but somebody's making us bad at reading and saying words. So, uh... if that's the case, the Spooktoberman has been with me my entire <laughs> life. And so, Laura, where can uh, people find you if they've got stuff that you want people to check out? People can find me on Letterboxd at Laura underscore ATH. Cool. And so, yeah, we'll be back next week, hopefully with enough new knowledge and wisdom and friendship and fun to fend off Laura, maybe, or the Spooktober man. <laughs> I don't know anymore. And uh, you can see our fate next week on They Made Another One? Yeah.